we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends on pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football Game game Source. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and join Joe Soro today as Ox1947 right away at LakersBall.com. Plus he also has a great company involved that he is with every day. Go ahead if you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today at Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Jamie Sweet, the guy behind the Five Things articles, and also as well the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. That is Laker Tom. They are the Lakerholics. They will be here on Saturday, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube for Lakerholics Spotlight. But you can catch them and their thoughts each and every day at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend Stone Hansen is knee-deep in draft talk. Go ahead and join him today at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Our good friend John McCallion was just on a chat earlier today talking about the 45 pounds he's lost, along with other great conversational bits he has. So go ahead and subscribe today at the John McCallion channel. And if you can support all of that, plus please like, share and subscribe subscribe hit the little joe right there the little joe right there on the bottom right hand corner so you can get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air with the latest lakers fast break and if you can it is sincerely appreciated well with the season almost over after tonight's convincing victory as the denver nuggets pulled away in the fourth quarter i think a key part of it was when Nikola Jokic sat down the fourth quarter and basically Miami just had no answer for what, when Aaron Gordon played the five, they just, just could not actually get over the hump. And then when Nikola Jokic came back into the game, their focus was on Duncan Robinson and hunting him out on defense. And basically they tore him apart in the last couple of minutes. So uh, with that game and that series all but over, Something happened today beforehand that kind of caught my eye, and that was Denver, which they can do because their season is still active, and this involved no players, made a trade today with the Oklahoma City Thunder, getting three picks for a protected 2029 first, which includes picks in the next couple seasons, including uh, this upcoming draft, adding more fuel to the fire, but also trying to go ahead and bolster their long-term shots as far as a future, but also their short-term prospects because they know they have a team that's ready to win and win again. So that got me thinking, the Lakers with the number 17 pick, everybody thinks that they're either going to pick at number 17 or they might move up. What if they decide to move down a few spots and pick up an extra pick instead? Maybe get some extra players here over the course of the next two seasons, just like Denver. We'll talk about that option plus some other great stuff as well. But it is, of course, a good man indeed. You've got to go ahead and check him out today at Simblades, simbladeswithaY.com. It is Joe Soro. And Joe Soro, we've been talking about a lot of names. In fact, even before the episode, we talked about Jordan Hawkins. But I'm asking my friend, what if the Lakers' target is not there at 17 and they decide to trade down and actually pick up an extra pick in the process? They don't really need more young players. 
it's mm-hmm. it's not this is not the NFL where you can stockpile picks and hope to get a star in the third round or the fourth round with an extra pick. Well, uh, Denver is seemingly is trying to bolster their short-term future because of the fact the CBA will not allow them to go ahead and get all the veterans and add them to their team like they have in the past, even this season. The, I, I, we're going to be studying the new CBA. Uh, Sangerstein pointed something out that kind of set the, the match a little bit for me. What a horrible job Michelle Roberts has done in I guess representing the, the players, I do agree that this CBA is massively pro owner, and I have never. It's almost. Uh, I mean, David Stern would be proud at how easy this this was for for him to, uh, or how easy it was for Adam Silver to essentially tell the players, "Okay, well, here's a deal. Take it, or we're going to lock you out." And they're like, "Okay." So any complaints, any whining, much similar to the, to the deal that the NFL players signed in 2011 that had them just one little bit away from really making the owners eat it and Roger Goodell, they wilted like wet tissue paper and still signed a deal that was more owner-friendly than anything player. So yeah, the NBA is now tilting to owner controlled CBA is set up so that players are likely going to have the rich and then the minimum guys. You'll have a very few middle type guys. You're going to start seeing more of the high prices for the big guys and then the low because they're not going to be able to sign the middle guys. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to get lucky and, 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 and draft those guys, which might, might be what they're trying to do. Well, but, but if the Lakers' target is not there, it's feasible that the Lakers could actually essentially trade down and get another pick in the process, maybe in the early second round, late first round, something like that. Again, uh, Zangerstein has it correct. You know, what the Denver Nuggets did today was they traded their 2029 protected first for a 2023 pick, an extra one in this year's draft, and a first and second round in next year's draft, which is not as valuable or as good to most individuals of the draft out there. It's not expected to do as well or as deep as this year's draft. But again, if the opportunity arises and the Lakers target is not there, I think people need to understand that, you know, that's a possibility as well. Well, if the Lakers are not going to select someone at 17 that they feel could be a difference maker, what makes you think anyone else is going to go that uh hey you see it all the time you see someone in the early 20s if the lakers are my my thing is lakers are top five at at evaluating talent and whomever is behind them would have to be a san antonio type or maybe a miami to do that and i wouldn't trade with those guys because i'll be like well why are they wanting the 17th pick maybe maybe we need to look into this more this the nba's that you need to pick the 17th best player in that draft. That's that's a better shot at getting a, an impact player than trading down to 24 or 28. Unless you can get a first round pick next year, then I'd be like, yeah, let's. Well, let's maybe do that. their their projected guy that they think that they would like at that pick will will actually fall. That happens as well. You've seen it in the NFL. You've seen it in the NBA. Yeah, but I the, mean, N- uh, the NFL Christian is Brown 
Walker Kessler were both picks in the twenties in this last year's draft. No, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that that should be the the focus. I think you should. Try I didn't to, say it was a focus. I said it's. A I don't think they should do it. No, I don't. I wouldn't do it. I would try to pick the seventeenth best player in this draft, and hopefully someone that of of need, which. That's always kind of a crapshoot when you when you're picking that late in the NBA, and we're gonna have to see how it plays out. But I don't see wow. any benefit. I don't see any. If you if you trade up or trade down or whatever, trade down, you've basically said that this this draft is not gonna really produce someone that that's probably gonna be an immediate impact. I disagree with you on that per se. I think that. Uh... There have been situations where the Lakers have gone and gotten extra picks for sliding down in the draft. You've seen teams and still been able to pick up good players. Look at what the Lakers did at the end of the first round not too long ago when they pick up Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. yeah. I'd say, yeah, let's do it. Let's get Josh I didn't Hart say- and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? But. The thing is, though, I'm just saying. It, but also, we can we can get those guys this this summer. But an extra, <laughs> and I'm just saying. It's, so it's you know the Lakers are going to have their board. They're going to have the board on the players that they're targeting at that pick. And if it doesn't fall to where they want it to be, or they see someone that that is falling, that looks like it's going to fall even further, that's going to be on their minds. Plus, there's a fact if they do pick up an extra pick, that may allow them to get an existing player already in a trade. All I care about is an effective player coming out of the first. Whether you have two firsts, two thirds, four eights, I don't care. Just get one guy that can make a difference next year, and I'll agree with it. However it plays out, that's where I stand on that. Well, I'm just giving you suggestions. I'm telling you what if scenarios because right now the the Lakers at 17, it's just such a precarious position to be in. You know, when you hear everybody as far as what tier, where the tiers are are laid out as far as the draft is concerned, where the lot because the Lakers are just outside the lottery, and and there's a lot of individuals saying that maybe there's a drop off after the lottery. So you're you're saying maybe it's not wise to go ahead and pick up that pick, but we'll see. Again, it all depends on the who the Lakers have at the board right around 17 that could really just influence the decision. Or they could try to trade out, trade up, but they really don't have much in the process to go ahead and work any trades to go farther up than maybe a 15th, 14th, 13th pick. If They'd they have, really, really like somebody. What what's the what's the what's the cost on moving four slots up? They probably have to move up another. Well, it most likely would be uh, you know some second round picks because they don't have any more first round picks to package. But you I don't that, know. If you that's think that would be enough? Uh, probably not. Probably no. not. No, no, I don't. I don't think. I think the Lakers stay at seventeen and pick the best player available. I uh, had a chance to read up on clutch points a little. They had they had three players that they were looking at uh, that that were kind of interesting. They have uh, a player that's solid, could be solid in Jet Howard. Problem is, he's not a good defender. But, Jed Howard is such a disappointment. Uh, you know, Kobe yeah. is actually a mid Michigan. Kobe's actually ending up being for might actually get drafted higher because he seems to have more promise long term than Jed Howard. I really am not thrilled if Jed Howard comes to the Lakers because of what I've saw on 
on the basketball court, especially at the tail end of the season. It's not just, you know, maybe he'll, he'll turn it around and, you know, there's sometimes they, they do that absolutely with guys who really get just so much has relied on them to go ahead and booster the offense uh, for themselves or for, for their school. But so much was relied upon him and it's just hard for him to deliver that it's really not helping his draft stock at all. I think he's falling a little bit even into the 20s when all is said and done. Yes. So that would be the 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 tall wing who could score but doesn't play good defense. That would be that guy. Number two was Bilal out in France, teammate with Victor Wembanyama. If he's if, going higher, if he were to get picked, it's very likely that Rob is probably not going to be committed to getting someone that can contribute right away. I don't know how that plays out. He's real raw. That 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 could be an option if they feel down the road he could be something. And then of course, the safer pick would be someone like Jordan Hawkins out of UConn, someone who just won the national title, someone who can shoot almost 40% from deep. Problem is he's 6'4". Kind of has a little bit of that Kyle Lowry type physique and body. And we'd have to wait and see how that would turn out. Bilal uh, Kulabali is an individual that is fast rising. He may actually be there at 17, but he's also one of the individuals that's like, you know, Jalen Williams that we saw last year to Santa Clara, which came out of nowhere to rise up dramatically up the draft boards in the, in the final few weeks uh, heading into the draft. He's another individual that's fast rising up the charts. So he may actually be available at 17 if you really like his promise, but he is going to be a work in progress. He is not from what I saw at Henderson Nevada, when he came over along with, of course, Wimbiyama, he's not there yet, but you see the promise and I can understand why there's a lot of interest in him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see it. And again, it's all dependent on who the Lakers have on their board and who they like. So if that's the case and they stick to it and they, and they keep the 17th pick, you know, we'll see what happens if that, that player can develop or are they going to go the route of what we see with Denver and try to get multiple picks in the next couple of rounds to try and see if they can build some depth, cheaper depth around Nikola Jokic. You really, oh yeah. Uh, they're likely preparing to lose some guys here in the off season. Bruce Brown will likely be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Michael Cashing Porter. In. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is making a lot of money. They're going to have to keep Jamal Murray and obviously Jokic. Those are the two priorities. And then everyone else is going to be – they're going to have to figure out what they want to do there. Otherwise, they're going to start hitting that luxury tax threshold and they're going to be in trouble. And you know in Denver, they have never hit the luxury tax before, but I think – And they never will. I think they will. I think they will with this team. I think because they're going to win a championship and if they're looking to do back-to-back, they're going to have to get – get over that luxury tax uh good luck. not the second tier not the second tier because we all know what happens in the second tier especially come the following season when it really gets bad for those that are repeat offenders or really getting through that that second tier threshold for the tax for the tax uh as far as the you know the minimum tax breaks and all that th- stuff like that as far as the just basically what you need to do as far as trying to stay within a fiscal perimeter of, of trying to go ahead and 
and be financially sound. Even like you said, it's just with Indiana and I think Denver, the only two teams that have never broken that tax barrier. And I think that Denver's time will soon come after they win their championship this year. I don't think so. I think they will do everything they can. And today's acquisitions was proof that they are. I don't believe they're going to play with that. I don't think most of these teams don't want to. It's just too much of a, of a, if it's too big of a number for them to get into that. Well, what if Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, uh, or Nikola Jokic probably later rather than sooner, but what if uh, Jamal Murray, you know, he gets closer to closer to an extension. You're going to have two guys earning well over two, $300 million. And if that's the case, you're going to be over the luxury tax. And that's, that's why those two players are not going anywhere. And you have a lot of, you have a lot of really good players that are making max money. Good players as in um, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter. So Aaron Gordon is going to be making essentially 20 to 22, 20 to 20 range per year until well, for the next three years after this season. Michael Porter is going to be making, in his last year of his contract, $40 million. I just I see that those two guys won't be maybe one maybe Aaron Gordon but I think they're going to start figuring out how to get Michael Porter out of there. Well, Jamal Murray will wait a season before he signs an extension to see if he can get on an All NBA team that will allow him to get that big kicker in there. Yeah, and they're gonna they're going to you know this year they're the NBA is nice enough to give give these teams a little bit of a head start and go hey guys. We know the new rules are in, and since you guys were so nice to just submit to our demands, thank you, Michelle Roberts, uh, we're going to give you guys a, a year to figure some things out before we start dropping the hammer on you, and we'll see what happens with that. If if Jeannie, if Jeannie Buss is going to be tightwad, I, I, I can guarantee you Denver, Indiana, and those type of teams are going to be doing the same. And that's that's facts. I don't I don't believe there's any other anything other than that. <laughs> You're not well, no, gonna... that second tier is scary. The first tier, you'll see some teams. Oh, actually, you'll see a lot of teams. No one who, who to goes to Denver uh, Nugget games, and I'm going to take a guess that the ratings for this year's finals going to be not good. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Sorrell from Simblades, SimbladesWithTheY.com, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. One of the things I wanted to bring about before we talk about the NBA Finals and tonight's convincing victory by the Denver Nuggets, uh, I know that Zangerstein uh, is talking uh, good about uh, Jamal Murray, but unfortunately he'll probably never be in a uniform of a Laker unless it's uh, really at the end of his career. So at this point, you're trying to go ahead and find what you can out of Jamal Murray at this point. But when it comes to 
because I've got something to talk about when it concerns Denver and, and all the talk that's been on them lately. When it comes to what we're seeing with the Los Angeles Lakers, I want to ask you this, my friend, when it comes to when, the, when they talk about, uh, you know, making more moves as far as the things that we're doing, obviously focusing in on Austin Reeves, Rui Hashimura, whether or not yay or nay on, on D'Angelo Russell are, you know, what are your thoughts as far as being able to go ahead and, and make sure that we have a successful summer. Then now Chris Paul's name is popping up on the Lakers radar as well. I think Chris Paul, if you can get him on the very cheap, that's great. But if you have to pay more than 5 million, 6 million for him, that can be asked. No, 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 no. You do not pay more than the veteran minimum for Chris Paul. That's there, what there I'm is asking. there is no this is, shouldn't be a discussion. No, no MLA. I know what no. the Lakers can pay for them. They can pay, I think, up to twelve. I think they can pay it. up to a veteran minimum. If you have to pay more than that, you are dumb. Yeah, but if he pay if he takes up the whole minimum, if he takes no. up that whole exception to twelve, no, that's bad. That's, that's not bad. gonna happen. I'm pretty okay. sure. I am pretty sure that the Lakers will not even get close to that. I wouldn't even give them $4 million. Veteran minimum. That's it. There is nothing else. So that when he craps out, should he crap out, you're not looking like a fool. Not from the eyes of the outside. I don't give a crap about that. I'm talking about the, the team. He will break down. The question now is, can you preserve him long enough so he doesn't break down completely by the end of the year? Back to the minutes played. Chris Paul needs to play 20 to 25 minutes a game and not a minute more. The entire season. I don't care if it's at the end of a game and you need him to, to, to guide the team to a win. Don't risk a regular season game that could put too much pressure on you for possibly having him at a time when you really, really need to need him to help you win a, a playoff series. They, they have to be very, very focused on making sure LeBron James is not playing more than 29 minutes a game. I would actually one, even Adam. go down to 26, 27, to be honest with you. Very good one, Adam. I like that. He was saying that at 38, 37, is there going to be bingo during practices? I like that. That's funny. That's funny. Outside the box on that one. I really like that one. Sanger Science says, guys, the Lakers can actually use the biannual, get 12 million for a big, and you'll have still have that 4 million. Yeah, I I don't think even Joe wants to spend the 4 million on Chris Paul, although no. I think that ultimately will be what will get him because the Clippers can only sign him for the veterans minute. That's all they can do. So the Lakers can do more. They can go up to the 12 mil exception. But like, you know, if he's a smart individual who's earned over $300 million in his career, I think it would be wise to take the, the lowest uh, contract possible, whichever team he ends up with, just so that the team with this current CBA building towards, you know, obviously the future can try and structure the best team possible. The question is, has he hinted at all at where he would prefer to finish his career? He still can't because he's still a member of the Phoenix Suns as of okay. this point in time. There's no noise. There's no fishing around there. No, but I do know, again, you saw the games yesterday between Shams, Chris Haynes, Woj, where two, one side was reporting this, and the other side was reporting that. So, 
you see that the battle's already become you know I and you can the, tell I, I turned I'm the just, alerts I turned the alerts off those guys on Twitter because they're they they're not they're not offering nothing they're not offering anything of substance. They're good for free agent updates. That's it. I don't I think they're useless and everything else. Well, I just know that the manipula- the manipulation has begun as far as on which side of the PR campaign you want to go with. And I just don't I think right now it's leaning towards an out for Chris Paul. Where he ends up, again, it's going to be uh, you know up to where he wants What's to go. What's the buyout number is the question now. What 15. Is- so he's going to relinquish his full salary would be 30. But it's 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 fifteen to get out of the contract by, and, t- by and, and he he's gonna want to make up some of that, right? Yeah, he but probably is, will. Is he gonna? Is he, does he? Is he realistic in understanding that no one's gonna pay him fifteen million to cover that, right? Well, again, that scares me still that the Lakers have up to the twelve. No, I'm exception. not scared. I'm not. You shouldn't be scared. The Lakers are not going to sign him for more than the vet, veteran minimum. I this I I, I don't even. If that happened, you might as well turn the TV off. I just there's no way they'll make that mistake again. There's no way. They 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 need every dollar to sign the young guys right now. I He's agree. a veteran minimum player. Bring them over if that's the case. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Bring them over. Give them twenty minutes a game. Let LeBron play twenty eight minutes. I wanted twenty four and twenty four, but. I won't be greedy. Let's go 28-20. And that that would help the Lakers. That would help the Lakers in both areas, money-wise and in performance-wise. And you would you would make them last a little longer. Heck, we're we're in the we're in a new era here, right? Let them play 50 games throughout the year. Everyone wants to play 50 games, right? Make it, make it 32 games off. You guys can relax vacation while you're playing, right? That's what everybody loves. That's what it's fun now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, if that's what's going to happen, then make it happen. Let's see what he's got at the end this time. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It's Joe Soro. I meet Gerald Glassford. One thing I want to ask you before we go ahead and touch on something that's really kind of bothered me, as the you know the talking heads said earlier today, is Crypto.com. You know the namesake of the arena. Crypto.com is terminating their crypto service in the U.S., and uh, but they said that it will not affect other avenues or other aspects of their business, including their name as far as keeping the name on the arena. So they will still keep the name on the arena, even though they're shutting down its U.S. institutional exchange, according to various reports. Your thoughts on this, I think, should the Lakers, or shouldn't the Lakers, but should Staples Center, it's no longer Staples Center, but should AEG, who owns Crypto.com Arena, should they start looking at as far as a possible new name for the, for the you know, a new buyer as far as for naming rights for that it, arena? It is, it is indicative of how pathetic corporate America can get. AEG, some t- business that owns what forty-seven percent of the Lakers, they're the reason why we have a an arena in downtown. I, that always cracks me up when I hear that. The Lakers are 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 more valued than any corporate company in this country, in my opinion. Any other than maybe Google and Apple types. So 
the fact that you, I don't know if selling out was the, I don't know if selling out is the word. No, selling out is this too easy. Just the, you put the wish logo on your Jersey. And then you have this high sodium food company on your Jersey. And how much whoring can you do? How much, how much more pathetic can you be trying to just get money from lousy companies? Wish? You let Wish be on your jersey? Uh, crypto.com? What is this, the late 90s? .com on your arena? You deserve it. I hope you eat it. I hope you got it in crypto that's going to fail. And I'm a supporter of crypto because at some point down the road, all this stuff is all going to start funneling into one or two or three or four of the main ones. And that those are the guys that are going to get regulated. And that's what's going to take off. For those of you who don't want to believe it, that's on you guys. So new, new time, new age, digital currency is coming. As much as I don't like it, I love cash. It's coming. Now, crypto.com is a stupid name for an arena. That should have been enough. I don't care how much money they paid. You don't need their money. You're the LAF and Lakers. It's not there. They don't own the arena. Okay. If the Lakers wanted to leave, what would uh, AIG do? AEG? AEG, sorry. Uh, They're just, again, they're... They're they're going to rent it to the uh, uh, encampments in Skid Row in there. They're going to let them house them in there. Still got the Kings going there. They own the Kings. Okay, the Kings. They still got concerts going there, man. Okay, so it's going to be a concert. Still got the WWE going there. I I don't – WWE's been dead for years to me. Uh, Okay, well, they they, still make a – They still make a crap ton of money. $9 billion, my friend. $9 billion. They're going to run concerts and uh, the LA Kings – I think LA Kings are okay. I'm not trying to dog on the Kings, but they're not the Lakers. So – I don't know. I don't. I can go on with this, but it's going to start getting into other avenues, and I don't want to do that. I mean, there's still other ways for them to make revenue. Obviously, the name sucks. Whoever they're, decided, they're already losing the Clippers. The name sucked. It sucks. Whoever decided to do this sucks. Find another name. Go back to Staples. Go back to Staples and let let let, let us call it Staples again. It's just so funny because the Lakers moved out of the forum. To go into a shared experience such as the you know the, the staples now crypto.com arena now the clippers are moving out into their own home should the lakers find their own home as well everybody wants their own arena now these days everyone's their own stadium i live here in vegas they're trying to pass you no. know stick stick the uh the constituents here with a four almost 400 million dollar bill the lakers do the have stadium. their own stadium it's called staples center that's what the, co- the, the, the house the house that's that, that well, they should. They they own it. They own it. This is known for the Lakers. They don't own it. They don't own it. Technically, the name sucks. <laughs> the name sucks ass. They don't F get the, the name and F, F the people who made that decision. How about they that? get part? They get part of the revenue, but AEG ultimately owns that building. Well, whoever decided to call it Crypto.com should eat it, sleep down in the gutter. <laughs> How about that? Is that good? I'm, is that better? I, I'm just saying that everybody, all these teams. That arena want, should be the Kings. It should be Taylor Swift and the Lakers. There you go. Because Dolan owns MSG and the Knicks. That's a different story. Mm-hmm. But Jeannie Buss does not. 
You don't think she'll get the itch to go ahead and I'm say, I'm sure they hey, built Ellie. that arena for concerts in the LA Kings, though, right? And WWE, don't forget and that. WWE. They, they built, they made that, that, that arena was approved for WWE, Taylor Swift, before she was born. And well, you just Kings. said it right there. You just said it right there. It's before she was born because it was actually built in the 90s. So you know these teams, my friend. They get the itch. They start whining. They start complaining. Oh, it's so antiquated, so old. It only seats this many thousands of people. I haven't heard anything where the Lakers. You know, it's it just give it some time, my friend. Give it. L A. L A. can barely. <laughs> can L A. can barely manage a a a piggy bank, let alone try to get the Lakers another arena somewhere in L A. Well, they're where, just going to be. They're going to be so. Je- they're going to be jealous that they're going to. The Clippers are going to walk into the Bomber Arena and, and uh, have a good time there. Anyone who gets jealous of the Clippers should be ashamed of their entire existence. I'm telling you, man. I'm just just saying. I'm not saying I like it myself, but I'm just telling you that's usually the case with these pro sports teams. They all want their own things. Mm. All want their own buildings. I think Madison oh. Square Garden's doing pretty well the last fifty. 60 years That's because Dolan owns Dolan double dips on the Knicks and the MSG. Good. Maybe we should have him buy the team. What Jeannie Buss should buy that. Jeannie Buss should buy Staples Center, crypto.com. Arena. How much do you think it would cost? More than probably what she wants to pay. That's how much. Sure. I don't know. How much is that what? land worth? You think for the land? Yeah. It's probably worth more than the arena right now. Cause the arena is pretty dang old, but okay. 30 going on what? 35 years is it 30 or 33 no, 23 it's 90, years 90 no because it's 98 98 no 99 99 2000 okay so 94 years 24 closing in on 24 sorry 99 23 that's 24 all right fair enough <laughs> it's getting old my friend it's getting old agree to disagree all right fair enough indeed but is the lakers fast break one thing I did want to ask him on that, but the other thing I've been wanting to talk to him about is hearing all these talking heads, which, you know, he loves so well, Mr. Joe Sorrell, and that they've been hearing all, get this, my friend, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. Uh, is Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic the best duo since Kobe and Shaq? You know, totally overglossing, you know, LeBron and AD, who injured, almost matched up and beat the nuggets in two and if not three of those four games and then let's not let's not not forget what happened in the bubble when they destroyed those guys before murray got the acl injury so your thoughts on the talking heads saying that nicole Jokic and ad michael wilbon from espn is probably the biggest offender of this but uh your thoughts on this my friend because it kind of irked me that that they're just you know what's fancy one day is no longer a thing for them the next I don't have a comment. Well, do you disagree with them? That's what I'll ask. How about that? Does the look on my face tell you the story? Yes, but we also have an audio audio audience as well that doesn't know your answer. They could probably guess that they're driving in their car right now. But they are the current sports analyzing analysis, I should say, is 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 similar to a bunch of people being on a website taking their clothes off for people all they're doing it is for attention and people are feeding it 
There's no substance. There's no logic. Calling someone, could they be the best duo since anyone, is is as stupid and as a waste. The time wasting. You've heard me say this a few times. It, my number one pet peeve in life is time wasters. It's it's one of the things in my circles that doesn't happen. I don't allow it to happen. And I just don't watch sports. I I will graze when I'm on the internet, on the phone. Things will pop up once in a while. I'll listen. As soon as somebody like Kendrick Perkins starts talking, I start scrolling to the next video or just turn the phone off. They are so terribly bad, whether it's Michael Wilbon, whether it's anyone who's new that they just threw in there because they need to meet a quota. They're almost all trash. I think Tim Legler is like the only guy on ESPN that I actually still could listen to. He has yeah, substance. He's pretty good. He yeah. has substance. He he says things like he did the other day where he goes after after the first half of game three, he goes, I'm gonna probably have a pretty good idea where the series is gonna go. And he predicted it perfectly that when Denver came out guns a blazing in the first half, that, that pretty much dictated what's happening in the series. And the Nuggets should have won the championship tonight. And they were just, you know, five minutes uh, off in game two. Otherwise, this would have been a sweep. But they are going to win game five. They are going to close us out in Denver. And the West will have won a title. And we can, we can, they, they can sit there. And we're going to have to listen to guys like Jamal Murray, if anybody's seen him in an interview, can barely speak. Jokic can barely speak. Bruce Brown is too busy yelling at everything and everyone. I don't know if he speaks. Michael Porter Jr. seems to have some eloquency when he does speak. Uh, Aaron Gordon can't speak. Mike Brown can't speak. So we're going to have to listen to the cliche-heavy BS, which I'm going to turn off, uh, when they're getting their MVPs and their trophies. Nobody believed in us. Nobody did this. Nobody did that. Yet they're the one seed. Yet we predicted they'd be in the finals before the season started, but nobody believed in them. Okay. You put them in the finals. I put them as the Western conference regular season, uh, you know, a number one seed. So we thought they were pretty good from the get go. Yes, they were good because you had guys like Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. Who, if he stayed healthy would be a huge contributor. Then they got some guys that they drafted like, uh, Brown, spelled like Braun. Yeah, I know. And then you have a the the X factor in Bruce Brown, and then you have somebody who's solid like KCP, and so on and so on. And this is what you got. And of course, Jokic had his best season, uh, and, and of course, ironically, his best season. He doesn't win MVP because the league and all the owner, all the all the writers wanted to give. That crybaby in Philadelphia is MVP, so he can go to bed at night sleeping well. Uh, the only problem is he forgot to win games to win a championship because he was so concerned about his MVP. We have to hear about how well I came from this, and I back to the cliches. I came from this. I came from that. It, it just cracks me up that you have these guys who have had their ass kissed since they were fourteen because they play basketball, and then ten years later they got to tell the regular folk out there how they came from nothing. I'm like, what the hell do you know about nothing? I don't remember anything that happened last week, let alone before I was 14. 
When you were 14, you were getting your ass kissed by every scout, every agent, giving you everything you want until you finally got to college. And then you finally got to the pros. Like, what, what exactly happened? What exactly happened that was so crazy that you would even remember? So, yeah, lousy finals. Miami has played like complete dog doo-doo, but they're Miami. You know, they can they can do that stuff in the East. They can't do that in the West. This is true, my friend. But, yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that they said that it's just the – that the – you know, the fact that Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, who are playing extremely well, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but that you could put them above LeBron and AD in the bubble when they destroyed them in the bubble and almost took away three of those games here in the series. It, just a few things go right, and the Lakers could have easily been, uh, like you said, tied 2-2 or up 3-1 in that series. Lakers are a couple players away from coming back next year and beating Denver in the playoffs. What's likely going to happen in Denver is they're going to rest on their laurels. They're all going to have their strip club moments this summer and during the whatever, whatever, and celebrating all they're doing. And they'll be like the Boston Celtics in 08. The Lakers have something to play for. They can get a couple players, a good center, someone who can actually shoot consistently, whoever that is. Uh, the Lakers have a shot at going in next year and, and, and dethroning them. And that's how I that's how I would set it up. I would like so, to see that. So looking back on it now, you know, I know you've gone a little bit back and forth on this. Adam uh, mentioned it right now in our chat, the best Lakers chat room that's out here that is the Lakers fast break. He's thinking that the Lakers, and I, I think I have a tendency to agree with him. If the late, if the Heat get blown out in Game Five, I understand that they took a game from Denver, but I think that was just a game where Denver beat themselves more than the Heat beat them. I really think that the Lakers are the second best team in basketball when all is said and done. When you when you look back on the 2022-2023 season, how it ended up, obviously, and how it started, but how it ended up the 23 season that the Lakers, when it came down to those conference finals was the second best team. And that the finals actually took place in the Western conference. Yeah. But I'm also glad that they didn't lose in the, in the finals. Cause that's much, much harder to take versus let's say a Western conference final. Denver was a better team. They were, they had more depth. They had home court. They had the MVP. It makes sense, especially considering where the Lakers were. Miami Heat, with all the uh, praise about them bringing in a bunch of undrafted players, uh, seven and make them make them make them valuable. This it, it's it's in it's in these series right here where it doesn't matter uh, if you if you have these go getters that you didn't draft. Everyone on the on the on the Denver team is a high draft pick and very very capable except for maybe Jokic, uh, who is the anomaly. How good do you, how good would you place him now? How good, how high up there? Because they're already talking about him with the greats right now. Uh, <laughs> Two-time MVP, mm -hmm. going to be an NBA champion, mm -hmm. breaking all sorts of records as far as his stats are concerned. So your thoughts, my friend. I, I, he's he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He'll... Be Would Dirk. You put him in the, He'll be in, in the, the Dirk area, Dirk arena, maybe. Okay. That's, so you're talking about ten to twenty. Yeah. 
10 to 20. No. All time. What do you what would you classify? You don't classify Dirk in the top 20 players? Like uh no. Oh, okay. No, there's way too many good players. And I love Dirk. Okay. Yeah, I'm not even top 30? Top 30, maybe. Uh, Oh, Dirk, yeah. Top 30, Dirk, yes. So if you say he's gonna be Dirk it, Dirk. Dirka Dirka? Dirka Dirka. If you say he's gonna be Dirk. Well, he sort of has him beat once he wins game five because he's got two MVPs. His stats are great, but so is everybody else's stats in this era. So you can't really use the stat thing, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dirk did more with less. I think Jokic has an extremely good team. Okay. Really good team. You have a legit second guy. And then you have three really good third guys. Three. And then a good bench. Because all one has to do is show up for one of those three And guys. And that's that's part of what's going to happen this summer. I think you, you, the, the Denver Nuggets are not going to be have the depth they have this year. This is a one-time shot. Get ready to see them uh, have to kind of squeeze some of that out here. Zanger Science says every team has flaws. Denver is solid from the start, but won't be able to. To retain everyone next season, that's what everybody's anticipating. If not this next season, the next season after, I'm sure, because like you said, the Cronkies are allergic to the to the luxury tax. But we'll see. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up to date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers well look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com once again it's the lakers fast break it's gerald glassford along with mr joe sorrel of simblades.com and lakersball.com don't forget our good friends jamie sweet and laker tom they will be here tomorrow at noon saturday at noon with lakerholic spotlight so we're going to talk about a lot of things including more thoughts on off-season moves the cba and how it's going to affect the lakers going forward BZ808 says, consider this the CBA title for Denver. (laughs) Well, we'll have to be uh, aware of that. But I think that with the Lakers, I think that they were, if they, if again, if the Heat get blown out on, what is it, uh, they're playing on Monday, I think this is their next game. If they get blown out on Monday, I think you can clearly say that the Lakers were number two in the NBA when all is said and done. They're number two already. If you watch... If you watch the game today, I watched about a half the game off and on while I was working. Every time, by the way, the ratings are only three percent down below last year's. Interesting. Uh, my my assessment was every time Miami had a run where they took it down to six, I put my head down, look up, and then Denver's up eleven again. They just they just have it this year. They've had it all year. You okay, rarely see you rarely see that kind of dominance from beginning to end uh, from a team that's never done it. Usually, it's something yeah. 
with a superstar like a LeBron or a Lakers or or a Golden State Warriors, but this was this was more and this dominated all the way through. It's not like Dallas and eleven when they were down 0-2 and or I'm sorry, down two one and should have lost that series, but uh Miami couldn't close game four for some weird reason and ended up losing. So this was a very, very good year for Denver. They're about to cap it off. I would have liked to have seen Jokic win his third MVP because this was his best season. But I don't think anyone cares anymore in Denver. They just want to win a title, which is probably why they it's probably why they're doing so well too. Aaron Gordon has made it very clear that he came he came to Denver to be a role player to help this team win. And that it's those kind of players that that don't go selfish and, and and are about the team that end up tipping you over to to the other side of, of the winning side of things. Again, my friend, I think it came down to here in the fourth quarter, similar to what the Lakers were experiencing when Nikola Jokic was sitting out, the Lakers unfortunately couldn't capitalize. And here we saw the same thing from the Heat. They just couldn't. You know, with Aaron Gordon at the five, they just couldn't get it to where uh, close enough to where they were going to provide enough heat, pardon the pun, on the Nuggets. And then the Nikola Jokic comes back in and they run their offense even more, even better. And they started picking apart Duncan Robinson in those final couple minutes. And that's really what put it out of reach. Yeah, it's similar to, it's very similar to what the Lakers did to the, to the heat in 2020 it's a it's a good lesson for you all to understand uh that the 2020 season especially in the playoffs doesn't just because they played in a central location here's proof you're seeing exactly that same pretty much that same miami team less tyler hero which in a lot of ways i think this team has actually been playing better without him uh you can see that there's a there's a limit to what the heat can do Yep, they've been able to compete in the East, and the East at this point has has become unimpressive to me. I thought this was a East season. I thought the East was going to be the dominant conference, which is why I picked Miami to play Denver, or I'm sorry, to beat Denver in the finals because I thought Miami's going to take that next step, right? No, no, uh, the East can't can't really beat the West. And even in the little specs that they've won uh, titles here and there, it's always like a struggle. It's always a struggle. You don't see the East dominating in the finals. You don't see them beating somebody 4-0 or, 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 or in five. Let's, let's look at that for a second. We'll look at... Ever since Jordan retired in 1998, the first time or the second time, sorry, uh, since 99 until now, you've only had the Pistons, which you could say was a dominant series win against the Lakers, except that team was – that was a weird finals in, in, in itself. Uh, does Carmelo – if Carmelo gets hurt, do, does that change things? Does uh, it if Carmelo doesn't get hurt, uh, no. I think the Lakers win that series. I think that devastated them because their depth was gone. Horace Grant, Horace Grant was done. Fish was on one leg. Frick Fox didn't play in that series, really. GP was getting burned by everyone. And Robert Ory was already gone. And Robert Ory was already gone. 
and Slava Medvedenko was starting at power forward. You had no win. However, however, Kobe took responsibility for that loss. In my book, when you have Kobe and Shaq in their primes, you're you're supposed to win that series regardless, especially against the Pistons. You should not have lost that finals, not with the two best players in the league at the time. Uh, the way they they put on a defensive uh, yeah. show, yeah, they they really Kobe, put on Kobe, defensive masterclass. And Kobe went over. Kobe went. De- he detailed. He detailed why that that series was bad. He goes, I could not set the offense correctly. I could not execute. I did not execute that offense to get the ball in the right spots for everyone around them to make that series work. Lakers with a combination of burnout, combination of injuries, and a combination of bad chemistry at the worst time created that that series loss. If they but had there just, are other – I mean, outside of that, there's really not been – I mean, the Miami, Miami, I guess, for a brief – So period. Miami comes back from 02 and 06 with the Dwayne Wade free throw uh, barrage. Chris Bosh, LeBron James, just to let everybody know. LeBron James – in my book, I know this is going to sound weird, but there's no way that if you have LeBron James in his prime, you have Chris Chris Bosh in his prime, and it and a very 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 good Dwayne Wade, maybe not in his prime prime because he was starting to decline there. I'm sorry, Miami should have won four in a row that in that in that time. Definitely three, two out of two is not two out of four. It wasn't to me a, a good ending especially the way they got smacked by the Spurs in 14. That should not happen, not with a LeBron James in his prime. And then you have uh, Golden State winning in – well, so you have Detroit in 04, the Celtics in 08, uh, Miami in 12, Miami in 13. And then you have Cleveland Cavaliers in 16 and then Toronto in 19. Toronto wins because Kevin Garnett got hurt and Clay got hurt and everyone got hurt in that series. If I say if they had had at least half of Durant, they would have won that series or Golden State would have won that series. Cavaliers, if maybe Draymond Green doesn't get suspended, they probably lose that series, right? Uh, Miami, I'd say in 12 was strong. I think that was definitely a dominant win in that season. 13. Without Ray Allen's three, probably lose that series. 08, probably bias on this with the Celtics. Some say that that was a dominant series win by the by the by the uh, by the Celtics. But the Celtics needed to go seven against Atlanta that year and seven against a LeBron-centric uh, Cavs team. They went six against Detroit and six against the Lakers. They essentially played almost every game in the playoffs except for two. Uh, 04, if you had to pick a dominant season, I'd say 04 by the Pistons. <laughs> That's it. Like the East sucks. They've sucked for 25 years. Well, they're going to continue to suck because it looks like they will end up on the short end of the stick. Once again, although, you know what? Let's give Miami some credit to be just a few points away from losing uh, and out of the play-in. Because remember, they ended up, they started out the number seven seed, ended up the number eight seed, and almost lost that game against Chicago. You know, they came back and, and yes, Zagerstein. Yes, yes. Everyone was talking about Draymond Green. Bogut getting hurt is actually what cost him that title. 
He was a – I remember his defensive presence. His was, passing. It wasn't just his passing. LeBron was not going to the – he was not able to get to the hole when he was in the middle. The he second he got passing. hurt, he it was like a layup line after that. I remember that. Yeah. Good call there, Z. Very, very good. I'm, that's probably one of the more impressive – comments i think i've i've heard on our show that's probably number one right now it's so funny because hell of a memory number one draft pick everybody thought he was kind of a disappointment until he went to golden state and became one of their oh no he's a a disappointment no he's a disappointment overall his career yeah he never he never quite lived can't be a first overall pick and not be a star sorry yeah yeah uh, and he never achieved that status, but no. he did play a vital role, like you said, on when he came to Golden State for at least the the period of time while he was still healthy. Once the injury started happening, you know that that was just all she wrote there. Yep, yep, indeed. But I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been great sharing thoughts with you so far. Uh, you know that the NBA season looks like it's coming to an end. I know we're going to have like a little bit of a retrospective when finally that day comes, which is probably going to be Monday for all intents and purposes. But, you know, so far the Lakers news doesn't seem to end with Chris Paul. What we heard earlier in the week from Kyrie Irving, you know, the Lakers draft picks, which talk about the, the relation to their Denver making its move today in regards to the trading their picks as far as, trading their 2029 pick for a bunch of picks, three picks in the next two seasons. So the chess game begins. My friend, any last thoughts before we head on out? I'm, I'd am i like Denver to finish this off Monday so we can get to the offseason. I'm ready for the offseason. This is one of the more boring finals I've ever watched in my life. Watching <laughs> Miami try to attempt to be a, a finals participant tonight was pretty pretty embarrassing. As much as they probably don't belong in the finals, Playing in the East, they did make it. I do commend them. I know Pat Riley's the leader of that team, as well as Eric Spolstra, and props to Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler. But uh, Miami had no business being in the finals, playing against anyone in the West. <laughs> Honestly, I think Golden State would have won a title this year had they made it to the finals as well. It would have been. I'd even think maybe even Memphis might have beat Miami if they had had Steve Adams and and, and a, a non. Uh, sidearm John Morant. Well, I'm glad we at least we can agree on the fact that we think the NBA finals was played in the Western conference finals. So glad we can. Agree I'm not, I'm not going to go that far because it really, really? wasn't a series. The series was an embarrassment getting swept. I don't care how good Denver is or like close. The games, three of the games were, I don't care how close they are. It, it, that No one, no one says how close uh, Dale Earnhardt was winning the Daytona 598, do they? No, they just say he won the 1998 Daytona 500. This is getting swept, even if you lose by one point, is an embarrassment. You had no business getting swept by the Denver as, as much as good as they were, but they did. But a lot of it is, again, they were playing game seven since February. They got they, they ran into a team that just could make those extra shots when you were tired to do it. But get LeBron some depth. Hopefully AD fixes whatever he's got on his foot enough to where he can play 70 games next year so he can win a defensive player of the year, maybe be a top three in MVP. And let's build some chemistry. Let's build some continuity for once and see if the Lakers can have enough muster to get into next year's playoffs, hopefully meet Denver and shellac them then and go get number 18. 
That is exciting to me. I want to see what happens there. I'm ready for the beginning of the NBA season now. October, November is going to take forever. <laughs> that it is, my friend. But spend it with us. And please, if there's anyone out there in your life that's a Lakers fan, please go ahead and please get them to subscribe to us today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. We're committed to try and do at least three shows a week, each and every week. Got four lined up for you because tomorrow the Lakerholics will stop by with their Lakerholics spotlight. So looking for that. I tell you what, though, my friend, it's been great talking to you. Trying to get Laker Nick to coordinate a time in the afternoon because I know some of our East Coast listeners and East Coast viewers want to go ahead and check us out in the morning or the afternoon. So it's trying to see what we can work out there. I know if I can try and get some other guys back in the rotation here. I know a lot of them are doing uh, this and that. They've got a lot of their own lives, work. Uh, in the case of John McCain, he's got his channel that he's got to go ahead and deal with, but a lot of other stuff going on. But I'm trying to get them on the show, trying to go ahead and see what we can do. But plus also, maybe we should start lining up some interviews as well, my friend. I know you also have your secret project that's also coming yeah, the production value is is going to be a big part of the weight. Um, I'm going to be moving into my new studio here at my humble abode. And you'll start seeing some things behind me, finally, instead of a wall. Uh, yeah, the production value is going to increase more ways than one. It's time to take this the show to another level. It's time to create content that actually has substance I know a lot of times the substance is rants. I hope we've been providing that for you the last few shows. I do enjoy doing the rants, especially when it comes to good items like terrible analysts, which will never run out. And uh, hopefully the word gets out. Hopefully there's a higher standard that gets built from this over the next three to four years where we can get some integrity behind these buffoons who get paid millions of dollars to tell us stuff that is better off being flushed down the toilet. I know Zangerstein and I disagree on <laughs> she's saying that they need D'Lo for the 82 game season. Uh, I know you're a little bit higher on D'Lo than I am. I thought he, I think he's just absolutely a detriment. I understand you have to sign him to keep that, 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 you know, whatever you sign him to as far as for a trade value. I'm hoping that the Lakers will try to pull off a sign and trade or some way to go ahead and, get D'Lo off the roster. I just think he, you know, you cannot win a championship with D'Lo as your main starting point guard. It's just that simple to me. We saw it in the, there's just too much of his game gets exposed when it matters the most. Well, that's, I agree with you. That's what I said. If you have to sign him to keep the slot, I understand that. Is someone going to pay him 20 million a year if we don't sign him? Is someone out there going to pay D'Angelo four years at 20 per? I understand he fills up games during the regular season. No, 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 no. seriously, seriously. Is somebody out there right now, Houston, San Antonio, let's say, right? Because we know they have the cap room. Does Houston or San Antonio go, hmm? They're throwing money at Austin Reeves first. Yeah, but we know Austin Reeves contract's going to get matched so it's not likely to be an issue if they unless, were to, if they were thinking about D'Angelo right unless unless they can throw more money than what the Lakers can match him for because remember there's a 
a limit to what they can match. Okay, with. you also have to get get serious too. You're going to throw thirty million at, at Austin Reeves? I don't think so. The no. Nose paying him thirty million either. Who is going to pay D'Angelo more than twenty million a, a year for four years? I, I, I'm, That's going to be the question. I don't think anybody, if they're watching no what they saw. So now, do the Lakers come back to him and go, we're going to give you 60 for four? Does he take it? Is there somebody out there that will give him 20 mil per for two years? That's another one. Well, again, as I stated before, this is a critical season for him because if he has another issue or he just basically you know, continues to slide in his game, he will no longer be an NBA-level starting point guard. Okay. I believe someone is going to offer D'Angelo a shorter contract two years for more money than what – let's say maybe somebody comes out and says, we'll give you 50 for two. Do the Lakers match that? And does he take it or does he go away? It depends on how much you want that slot. It's going to be interesting. That's and that's going to be an interesting question. I was thinking about that today. I hadn't thought about those scenarios because we were talking about Austin before. We were talking about Rui. We didn't really delve into the details of D'Angelo Russell. Or Dennis Schroeder yet. Schroeder, Schroeder uh, has value. Schroeder has value. I think someone pays Schroeder four or five million for a couple of years. I think he's gone, which makes the, the the CP3 signing for the vet minimum more of a prior, of, of, of a need at that point. Let's hope but that's D'Angelo, the who what contract will he take is going to be the big question. I think someone will offer him a short contract and maybe give him 25 mil for it. Almost like a poison pill, the what Zangerstein was saying earlier. So Almost. now, now I'll 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 end the D'Angelo questions with this. Let's say your D'Angelo's agent comes to him and says, "All right, we got a team that wants to give you fifty million for two years, which is what we want, but the Lakers will offer you fifteen for four. Ten ten million more." But your contract is two more two years longer. I still like that deal that would help both sides with Demar coming here and Dela going well, of there. Of course, we want Demar here, but who's? Why would Chicago make that deal? Because they need a point guard. Okay, with, are they going to pay D'Angelo what he wants? What twenty five for two years? Twenty five each for two years. And why What's would you match? want to use D'Angelo? Versus DeRozan in a, on a last year contract. Why would you do that? This, that's a better option for the Lakers than than having D'Angelo. Okay, if that trade was to happen, the Lakers are going to have to trade assets, some kind of an asset. I don't, I don't. That's not. I'm sorry, I'm not trading any more assets to anyone. I'm not doing a lateral move for another asset. No, no. Right now, Chicago's between a rock and a hard place. They are. If, if Chicago's desperate, and we all know how Reinsdorf runs his organization, I'm not saying this is not possible. But and I would love DeRozan as a third guy. Oh my God, that would be huge. That would be a huge offseason if you can do that. But I just don't see how you're gonna how you're gonna send D'Angelo over there without giving up a draft pick, a major draft pick, a big draft pick. 
I'm done trading draft picks for guys that are on the downside of their careers. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that unless you can get a fourth guy that's the equivalent of De- De- DeMar DeRozan. If you have two of those types, well, I'm not I- giving up the only first round asset we have, which is the 29. Yeah, I- yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't. My brain isn't isn't set up to deal with that kind of scenario anymore. I've been burned too much with that that Russell Westbrook thing. The only time you're going to make a major deal is if it, if it, it involves someone uh, who's a legitimate third guy that's still in his prime. Bradley Bradley Beal, uh, Damian Lillard, those types. Depends how desperate Chicago gets for a point guard because the twenty million dollar point guard that they currently have can't even walk up a flight of stairs right now, which is really unfortunate. I'm really sad to hear that because, you know, whatever you say about Lonzo ball, you know, you don't want any, anybody in their twenties to experience what he's experiencing right now with his knees. It's pretty sad. Pretty sad. Absolutely. Indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everybody watching and listening. Uh, Joe Soro again, and I will be here next week. Looking forward uh, to going ahead and talking more about what the Lakers might do this offseason. The Lakers uh, season, offseason, should get well underway because the series in Denver should end on Monday. But Adam says, I just think we need to dump those guys anyways, being, uh, of course, uh, what we saw with Beasley and Dennis and D'Lo. I mean, you, you, <laughs> at some point you have to keep those slots uh, just to be able to go ahead and trade and maneuver for uh, other players that you do want or a little bit better for you or might contribute more to the team. So I see the Lakers committing to maybe one or two of those contracts for players that I know they get a lot of fans, just like uh, they're very, uh, I guess, uh, controversial per se. They, they just, they're very, they're players like D'Lo, which, you know, a lot of people love or a lot of people hate. So we're going to probably see, one or two players of the Lakers being signed just because they need that space to go ahead and work out some trades. There's a, there's a trade scenario that I have in my, in my, in my head is what if you package D'Lo and let's say D'Lo and Austin Reeves for Zach Levine and Alex Caruso. That would be great. I'd take it. I mean, I'll take Zach. If you get Zach Levine's creaky knees for Alex Cruz with Alex Crusoe along with it, if Alex Crusoe could stay upright, that's the problem. Alex Crusoe needs to stay upright, but that's not too bad. That's yeah. not too bad. I know that, that offense and defense. I know it hurt to get get rid of Austin and his ascension at the moment, mm-hmm. but you would have massive athleticism coming back which is something you desperately need. And Zach Levine can be the star during the regular season. And you know that LeBron is an initiator. It would, it would be very interesting how that played out. And of course, if you got, let's say Chris Paul for the veteran minimum, and you got a really good center for the MLE, things could get very interesting there. What I want to ask you though, is uh, search and destroy says we have to keep Reeves. No, yep, no doubt. I, I, I think ultimately it's true. You, there's still more room. I think he can grow, but there's sure. a possibility he could flatline as well. He could flatline or, pla- or plateau. I, 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 I guess the question is what what could Austin do the next two three years that would be better 
than what he's shown. Is he going to hit the three ball better? Close he to forty percent already. He was, he was pretty. He's been pretty good there. Is he going to have better ball handling skills? Uh, got pretty good ball handling skills in traffic, unless he's being guarded tightly by a very athletic player. It was still touch and go sometimes. Yeah, he gets yeah. Okay, let's say he can he can control the ball a little bit better in, in the next year or two. Is he going to hit the mid range better? Is he going to get more three point plays like he did this year? I don't know. Is he going to hit better from the line? Not really. It's it's really well from there. I believe you're getting an Austin Reeves right now that has maybe this much more to improve. It's still good. Mm-hmm. Very but good. But he's not likely going to turn into Jokic, at MVP-type player. He's not going to go in the post and post up and pass from the post. Because he'll be hitting his 25, year 25 season. This yeah. I don't know. But – Lakers need preferably some guys that can actually score, really like a like a scorer, someone who could really score. And it's going to be a fun offseason, I believe. I believe there's going to be some options here, just a matter of which one presents itself and how they play out. We're not trying to throw crazy, super crazy scenarios out there for you, but everybody knows out there. With well, I don't the need, we don't need to. This is realistic but stuff. What, why same. I mentioned, yeah, the reason why I mentioned Zach Levine is if you're talking about money, you're talking about a guy that's going to be making $40 million per more than a little over $40 million per for the next four seasons. That's not counting this year. That's the next four seasons. And then you have a, a player that's got a contract that's almost $30 million in DeMar DeRozan. Could that be a package maybe even? I don't know. I think someone like Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso with Zach Levine would be a good – it's a good connection. It's a good it's, – it, it, Alex is, is, it serves a purpose. You're talking about a guy that just made first-team All-NBA who wasn't even drafted. That's pretty valuable at $9 million. BZ808 says, what about us getting Beal? If you give us some first rounds along with it, I'll think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, but uh, yep. I just am Beal's just not someone who has really moved the needle for his team. They've had what one decent playoff run, I think, in all these years when John Wall was was you know pre all of his injuries, and that was because mainly because of John Wall and Beal was the number two guy. I think that uh, Beal is a number three player at best, and he's earning the money like a number one. So I don't know. It just to me, I would. Levine, I would be worried about his knees, and and I know with Chicago, Chicago needs to do something because they're right now in in uh, really purgatory, and they have a team that they can't really build out now, so they need to make some major and drastic changes. I look for them to make those drastic changes, and that could be a possibility. Levine and DeRozan could be gone. I'm not saying both will come to the Lakers, but I'm just saying that's a possibility that both one or both of those guys. And also Vucevic might all be gone off that roster. So that's the question now. Is Vucevic going to be brought back? If he's brought back, you can you will you can guarantee two of those three will be gone in this offseason. They'll be traded. Well, those three, what did those three get you? It got you absolutely nothing. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to start over, essentially. But they'll have to start over with a couple of young guys. Yeah. Kobe White and Vucevic. That would be the that would be my assumption at that point. That's so funny. Patrick Williams. I mean, yeah, Patrick Williams as well. I don't know how 
how, how that'll play out down the road, but they're paying between Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine. They're paying those three guys, and Lonzo Ball's going to play out his contract until 2025. He's got a player option in uh, the, his last season in 2025. If, he's just, he, if he is done, if his career is over, he's going to be getting paid a lot of money until then. And you're looking at three players that are going to get paid $88 million next season. One of them isn't playing. The other one's kind of a lame duck. And then you're going to be paying Zach Levine $40 million to play 50 games. Can the Lakers take advantage of this? The Lakers need one season. That's it. They want to win 18. They want to put all their chips on the table. Got to do it now. Got to do it now. Thank you. That was the perfect delivery, G. That was Got to like do it now. Perfect. Got to do it now. Got to like, push all those chips. And now, uh, I mean, well, Lakers don't have an abundance of picks uh, coming up in the future. No, but this is different now. This is different. This is need from the other team to drop money. They're going to have to give us picks if we're going to take on $40 million contracts. But then at the same time, is Genie going to take up that money? Probably not either. So I don't know where that sweet spot is. <laughs> Adam's saying, do we like Andre Drummond? Uh, didn't we try that already? And it didn't work out quite so well. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> I don't think so either. No. No, no. No, that, no. that didn't work out. <laughs> I think Drummond fits in the right scheme. I think he fits but, in 2005. Yeah, he fits better in 2005. But you know, coming off the bench for a team, he can get you. He can get you some points and rebounds. But yeah, I, I don't see him being a major contributor for any at any point in time in his career outside of what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, we need to we need to go forward here. I mean, we the need... only I would be interested in Brook Lopez coming back. But he's going to be priced out. That would be great. Oh God, that would be so great. But he's what about? Get, he's the guy that's going to get twenty million for two years. Adam, you know Thomas Bryant. You know he he might go to San Antonio. By the way, yeah. Uh, Look for him to go to San Antonio. There, there's no way he's coming back because he already burned his bridge uh, twice with the Lakers. Well, actually, once with the Lakers. The Lakers let him go the first time. They burnt, you know, he burned the bridge with his complaining about the playing time. And yeah, I don't think that under this current staff, he's ever coming back. Uh, you know, I think with the Darvin Ham regime, I don't think you will see. I didn't even know Thomas, Thomas Bryant was in the league still. He's going to get a chip. Yeah, well, I can get a chip sitting on the bench too. That's what he's doing. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Zanger sign says, I'll take Drummond as your third big, still a great rebounder and a solid body. But yeah, that's as long as he's your backup. I mean, obviously he would be better than Bamba and, uh, you know, uh, what we had when in Gabriel and the ghost of uh, Tristan Kardashian Thompson. Yeah, I, I think that that Drummond would be above them because he was pretty solid in his playing time this season. But yeah, that's that's most I expect. Do you really want to go ahead and spend that kind of money to bring him back? Yeah, just to come off the bench because he's going he's gonna to want still a little bit of chunk of change, but we'll see. I think if you give him the vet minimum, you know, maybe as a third big, like you said, Z, but that's the best idea. Yeah, BZ, I don't see the Washington Wizards being 
a team that needs to blow it up. They really don't have a lot to blow up. The only thing they do you probably... really want to lock up Kuzma and Porzingis? Do you really want to lock uh, not up? Porzingis? Kuzma, I can see coming back for 20 mil for three years. He's gonna Maybe... want more. He wants so much more than that. He's not getting dude. You can't pay Kuzma more than 20 million. That's nuts. If he does get 20 more, I'm telling you what he's asking. When I say that as saying what they're going to be asking for, I didn't say no. what they're going to get. I'm saying they're going Kuzma to be asking Kuzma is a two-year, 20 mil per player. He's going to most. ask for five for 100. There's no least. no way. You can't do that unless you're doing that to package him for something. But I, I, I'm i sorry, Kuzma is not a 25 mil. A 20. D'Angelo is more of a 25 mil per player than Kuzma is. There's, there's, just, there, there's a little bit more of what the NBA is with D-Lo D- D- than it is with Kuzma. Kuzma still can't shoot, but he plays a hell of a lot better defense. Sure, but this is a league that needs to score. The defense is nice, but you have Alex Caruso, who's a first-team All-NBA, and doesn't really help Chicago that much. Uh, Perzingis would be great, but I don't think he's coming here for $12 million. And I don't, I don't want to deal with his injury issues. The, the Lakers have enough issues with injuries. He was pretty healthy this time around. Yes, yes, very true. Uh, if, if that's, if, but he's, I don't know. I, I'm scared of that one. That one scares me. Yeah, I, you have every right to be scared. Cause yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't, injury. I have no, I wouldn't, I would, I would be in the middle on that one. I would be excited because they got a, a big next to AD. That's good. But I would just be scared that he's going to tear an ACL the whole year. He's, he's worse than AD. My worry would be worse with him than AD. I can't say I argue with that. Yeah. I'm not. I can't. I don't want to be scared, guys. I don't want to be scared. As much as AD falls every five minutes, I haven't been scared. You're going to be scared anyways. LeBron is 38. I'll be turning 39. Yeah, I haven't been. But the thing is with LeBron is LeBron's an outlier. LeBron is a freak of nature. He's, He's Tom Brady. He doesn't get hurt like normal guys his age. He has a messed up foot, but he's still playing. It's different. Yeah, the groin injury. Yeah, but you know, I don't think the Lakers would have gone far in 18 with that young team, anyways. I didn't really care much. <laughs> All right. I'm just, you know, trying to provide I'm trying to be that. real. Jeremy Grant would be nice, actually. That would be nice as one of two needs that we have. But I think Jeremy's gonna get more money. More money than we could pay him. Portland's gotta resign him if they want to be anywhere near competent. I'm telling you guys. Monitor the Damian Lillard thing. I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. I'm going to be monitoring it. And, of course, the, the one good analyst or analyzation, I should say, from Stephen A. Smith is begging, begging Damian Lillard to ask to go to New York. <laughs> As an NBA fan, that would be a very interesting uh, scenario should that happen. I'm just going to say this before we leave, Search and Destroy. I, I don't want you to think so negatively like that. you got to think a little bit more positive because Search and Destroy says we're not winning a chip unless a miracle happens. No, I not disagree. a miracle. No, a miracle happened during the, the trade deadline. It that takes good evaluation. If Rob Palenka is now on the the right path, is he? if he's now thinking clearly and making better decisions, you will see that happening over the next couple, th- three months. If he's not, and he reverts back to Russell Westbrook or let's sign every rookie or whether undrafted or second round to a se- to a two-year contract instead of a four-year contract, then I'll give you that. Then we could, ha- could make the work a lot harder. But 
I have a feeling that, you know, he learned a little bit from his mistakes, just like Darvin Ham. I know it's we're still even the chat today is Darvin Ham is not a good coach, is what I see. You know, Darvin Ham is learning. He's getting better. He learned at the tail end of the season. He got better. Hopefully that can improve as well. Same thing with the front office. They learned from their mistakes. They made some adjustments, which made them a better team. Even if you don't want to say that any of them contributed consistently, because none of the acquisitions can contributed consistently, they still, just by the process of elimination of two individuals that were really detrimental to the team, they got better and became, like we said, all the way, they used that momentum all the way to Western Conference Finals. So I'm looking forward to seeing where if Rob will actually become a competent GM and continue that competence going forward. I still have my doubts, but I'm going to go ahead and give him the faith that he's on a roll and he's going to continue to make good moves. BZ, we we mentioned this in the last show. For the Lakers to get Dame, he'd have to ask Portland to trade him to L.A. number one. Yes. That would have to be number one, number two, and number three. He would have to ask Portland management, please send me to the Lakers, number one and number two and number three. Where I believe that they would do that because they have immense respect for him and he's had loyalty with the team, they could be jerks about it too. I'm not saying they couldn't, or they could just say, look, I'm not sending you to L.A., but I'd like to think that after all he's done for them that they would accommodate him. Then the Lakers, depending on who they sign this offseason – Let's say if they sign D'Angelo at 20, Austin Reeves at 20. Rui. Rui. At the, even, even if it's just Austin and D'Angelo made the major signage. They might signing. do Austin or Rui. I don't think if they, they – let's say they magically get Dame. They would probably not do Austin, uh, D'Lo. I, I, you're giving up some, some assets, obviously, in the draft and then matching salaries and go that route and – if you do With that, whatever the, trade, the Lakers have left. If you do that, yeah. If you do that, the trade deadline. Now you got, you got enough time for Dame to acclimate himself, and you scare the hell out of a team like Denver if you have Dame in, in there with LeBron. Even if you have LeBron of this year and AD of this year, if you have Dame, if you have Damian Lillard, Lillard against Denver this this uh, Western Conference Finals, the Lakers would have went to the finals. That's how quick it would have been. Javon Carter, Dante DiVincenzo, good solid backups. But if you're counting on them as starters at an NBA level, I think that's asking for a lot. And I think that's asking for trouble. I think that's putting setting yourself up for not having a, a complete season. As rotation players, six through nine, I think they'd be very good. I think they would be very, very good. Your thoughts on Javon Carter and Dante? I know you've talked about DiVincenzo before. Yeah, DiVincenzo would be perfect off the bench for – Four mil, let's say a year, a couple yeah. of years. Nothing other than that. Uh, I think he's going to be looking for more as well. Well, they're all looking for more, but the reality is there's going to be plenty of Malik Monks and Lonnie Walkers out there that are contributors that aren't going to get paid anywhere near what they think they're worth. Do we regret Malik Monk not signing him or trying to resign him? Not really. Played very well. Yeah, but we had Lonnie Walker pretty much – same player to me, if not better. I disagree. I thought Monk played outstanding compared to Walker. Walker, what gave you what a couple good games in the playoffs? Well, it's easy to that? it's easy to play that way in Sacramento. You don't have LeBron and AD taking up all the minutes and all the touches. Of course, he's going to play better. I don't. It wouldn't have made a difference. Let me just, if that's what you're asking, 
I don't think it would have made a difference. No, Lonnie Walker won a playoff game. I don't remember Malik Monk winning a playoff game for the. I don't know. Kings. In that Gold State series, he was really strong. I think he helped uh, them quite a bit. I disagree with you on that. Mm, yeah, not enough to win a series as a three seed. So no, yeah, you're right. He went to seven games, but there were some games he was really, he really had, good. Yeah, you just you just needed Sabonis to hit one freaking shot. Couldn't do it. Yeah, that's couldn't that's even get a damn part. rebound, and he won the rebounding title. Huh? Just a li- amazing how <laughs> how things change in the playoffs. Especially this playoff. Well, we'll see what happens, but there's going to be a lot of options for the Lakers. That's what I'm still encouraged by, that there are options. It just talks about smart moves by Rob Palenka. Again, we'll see if he's Rob Palenka from 2021 and 22, or if he's going to be the Rob Palenka from 2023. We'll see if it's going to be something where he makes the smart moves that gets everybody happy and makes the Lakers a contender or if he's going to go ahead and make those moves that just have you scratching your head once again. We'll see. But it is Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com. Zanger Sign says she does not understand where in the hell did Sabonis Midrange go. I don't know if it was fatigue because they, you know, they didn't play Rashawn Holmes anymore, so they didn't really have much of a backup center. Uh, and you know, like you said, he was all Mr. All-Star. The guy that was like the least liked or least popular, the least respected all-star two years running. Yeah, just uh, didn't show up when it mattered the most. And, you know, I know that he was voted to some uh, all-star teams and whatnot. But, yeah, I just think that uh, we saw right there that Sabonis has a ceiling. And it comes down to it, he just can't play above that. He can't, he can't elevate his game. Happens all the time. Yeah. You have regular season players that can't come through in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, Sacramento, uh, I don't care. Yeah, there you go. I don't there care. You go, the well, they're going to be in our division, so we're going to have to see them on quite matter. a bit. Doesn't matter. Okay. I, right. I, have, I have no thoughts on the Kings. It's not as bad as the Clippers, but I have okay. no win something and then come talk to me. Okay. The Lakers, right. the Lakers limped with missing fingers, an arm, and half a leg, and they made it to the freaking Western Conference Finals. These dopes played well all year and lost the first round. Come on. You have a freaking break. Win something. Win something. Win something. I'm not being an arrogant Laker fan. It's the results. How do you let the Lakers, who barely lived the whole year, how do you let them play into the Western Conference Finals? When you're a winner, you're a winner. Even if you don't win at all, you're still a winner. You get you come on. Win something. Or are you too busy wanting to prove people wrong? The people who 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 typically are downgrading you, more often than not, they're right. It's just a few people out there that will manifest that thought process in their heads that usually are, you know, call it out. But it's not very, very most more often than not. The Kings become the Kings when it matters. The Memphis Grizzlies turned into the Grizzlies when it mattered. Clippers, we can go on with that one. Win something, then come talk to us. Denver's doing it. Why can't you do it? Good point. Good point indeed. Adam, trade Tristan Thompson for DiVincenzo. Okay, first of all, he's a free agent. Uh, Second of all, in the next calendar year, you will probably see him on more reality shows than you will see him on an NBA court. 
I think that uh, we might have seen the last of Tristan Thompson. We may see him again. You never know. Uh, you never know. Somebody may get desperate and pick him up again, but we'll see. I have a feeling, though, you'll see him more on Hulu than you will see him on the NBA courts this coming season. So we'll see. But if you do, if you do see him on the reverse, then then whatever team got picked him up is going to be in serious trouble. Search and destroy says Lakers expect excellence. We have a different fan base. This is true. Adam says there's a podcast like yours that's interviewing Steve Kerr in two weeks. He'll be reading the chats. Uh, it's called the Pull Up Podcast. Pretty cool. Uh, I know you that know Steve who has Kerr, a fan base. I know Steve Kerr is a favorite of Joe Soro, but go ahead, Joe. Speaking of fan bases. I saw a stat today that was just astronomically nuts. Okay. Christian Ronaldo has 588 mm-hmm. followers on Instagram. I heard he gets paid $3 million for every post. Well, it's 588 million. 588 million people follow him. I think the highest following in the NFL is New England at almost 5 million. This one guy has 588 million. Just I'm not Christian. <laughs> How do you pronounce his first name? Christian? Christian? I mean he'd be Christian in America. Is he is he are you, are you, is that a is that a funny question or do you not really know who Cristiano Ronaldo is. I think Alicia Mark knows. Yeah. You know who it is. Yes. No matter who it is, 588 million people caring what one guy thinks. There you go. You know what the population what? of the world is? 8 billion. And this guy has 588 million of them paying attention to him. Absolutely. Absolutely, Z. Uh, extremely popular around the world. Absolutely, football is slash soccer. So, hopefully, uh, we can get that kind of uh, following. And in order to do so, please go ahead and subscribe today. Like uh, us on Instagram, maybe in the next, all that. maybe in the next lifetime when I'm a soccer star. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, Joe. Indeed, but I want to go ahead and say thank you so much to the chat. I know BZ. 808 has a question that we'll probably touch on next week. I really want to focus in on some of those free agents that are floating around who the Lakers can, you know, respectively, all Laker Tom, Dreamery aside, who the Lakers can realistically look at for the exceptions that they have. That's something I want to focus on on one of our shows next week. Definitely want to go ahead and do so. So, <laughs> Oh, you guys are awesome. Truly indeed. Thanks so much to Zangerstein, Adam, Search and Destroy, always for monitoring the chat. BZ808, all of you are, are tremendous. Truly appreciate everyone out there watching what we do each and every time out. Hope you've enjoyed your Friday night with us. Truly cannot thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to go ahead and spend it with us. But Joe, going to have a good weekend, my friend. I will be doing a lot of partying for graduation for my friends, and that's it. That's it? Yeah. There's okay. there's nothing going on this weekend other than watching the Dodgers blow every game at the end. Yeah, Zangerstein, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, USA says 3320. The world has like 7.8 billion. 
people, absolutely. I know India is now the largest country on the planet, uh, largest, uh, you know, even larger than than the Republic of China. So, yep, yep. Aloha, appreciate it, BZ88, but we are going to go ahead and get into more free agents and see what the Lakers can realistically get. We'll go ahead and talk about that on the Monday show. Don't forget Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet coming up in about 12 hours from when you're watching this live. They'll be back on Saturday at noon, the Lakeaholic Spotlight. Tell you what, truly appreciate everyone out there watching and listening. It's Gerald Glassford, Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football Game Source, and Joe Sorrell from Simblades and LakersBall.com. We'll see you on Monday, and everybody, on behalf of all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break, have a terrific weekend, be safe, and we'll see you Monday right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.